Well, good morning once again and welcome to Crosspoint. If you'll take your outlines out, we are going to wrap up a little mini-series that we started a few weeks ago from Hebrews chapter 11. We called it, What God Can Do Through You. God can do amazing things if you just let God use you. Open yourself up to His will. We looked at Moses, we looked at Noah, and today we're going to look at Samson. All three of these are mentioned in the Hebrews Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. If Moses tried to do God's will his way, I think what you could say of today's character, Samson, he tried to accomplish God's purposes the hard way. And we're going to get into that story in a moment. We're going to call this, How to Be a Stronger Person. How to Be a Stronger Person. See, we all admire strong people, don't we? They seem to always have it together. And the life of Samson shows us a man who was physically strong, but he was spiritually weak. And the consequences of that were tragic. People with great strengths often have great weaknesses. What was Samson's weakness? Was it not Philistine women? I mean, he just had a thing for those Philistine women. Who were the Philistines? They were an aggressive, warmongering people who occupied the territory southwest of Israel between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. I actually have a map of this. If you recall in our earlier studies, um, the children of Israel crossed at the Jordan River up here. See Jericho way up here at the top right? Here's the Mediterranean Sea way over here. And when they came across the Jordan, they fought that battle of Jericho. And then they moved down, uh, they, they, they moved uh, west, and then they moved uh, south. And they conquered all of this land. As a matter of fact, by the time you get to this point in history, that was hundreds of years ago, the Philistines now occupy all this land. Do you see that? You say, what's that all about? What's up? God gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. What are the Philistines doing in there? And if you recall, when they first left Egypt, God says, I'm not going to send you by the shortcut. We're going to go through the desert. Because if you go the shortcut down here along the coastline, that would have been the easiest route to the promised land. They would have met the Philistines way down here in Egypt. That's where they would have been dwelling at that time on the map. But in time, they migrated north and then east. And as Israel sinned, they conquered more and more territory. The Philistines were made up of five little kings. They were one nation, loosely knit together, but they kind of independently lived in five different great cities with five little kings over them. But when it came to battle, when it came to warfare, when it came to coming after a common enemy, they pulled their resources. And now they've come against Israel, God's people. And look at all that territory that God's people gave up because of their sin. They went through sort of a 40-year cycle. After Joshua took the land... As he's getting old in years, 
He gathers the people together, the same people that crossed over the Jordan River. They put up those 12 stones. Remember, when your kids come by, remind them, what do these 12 stones mean? They mean that God was with us and He gave us this land. Don't ever forget it. Well, when Joshua made that final speech, he says, now you guys got to choose. I'm getting old. I'm not going to be here much longer. Who you're going to serve? But as for me and my house, we will serve who? The Lord. After that speech... They followed Joshua till he died. They followed the elders under Joshua until they died. And then the kids, the Bible, a tragic statement, it says that a generation arose who knew not Jehovah. Can you imagine? No Sunday school, no temple, no Sabbath keeping, no Passover. And they started worshiping other gods. And our God's a jealous God. And you know what God did? He turned them over to more wicked nations. To bring them to their knees to where they cry back out to God. And God raised up judges. Do you remember Samuel? Samuel was not only a prophet, he was a judge. And he led the people back to God. And then there was Deborah. And we all know the story of Gideon. Who who was coming against God's people when Gideon was the the, uh, judge in the land? The Midianites. And with 300 men, he beat back 132,000 Midianites and sent them heading for the hills. And it says, after Gideon, there was peace for like a a whole other generation or so. And who's the next judge after that? Samson. That leads us to where we are today. I think you had Deborah in there. Did I mention Deborah? But we now we got Samson. And the people of God have been in suppression to the Philistines for 40 years, and God raises up a young boy. Samson's mission was to weaken the Philistines. Judges chapter 13 and verse 1, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the what? Philistines. For how long? 40 years. That's coming to an end. They're crying out to God. They're turning back to God. God in His grace and His mercy is a God of second chances. And He raises up a certain man, a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites. He was of the tribe of Dan. He had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. And the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. And she did. Look at verse 24. Notice what it says. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. That's our character. He becomes the judge. He becomes the deliverer of Israel. And he grew. And the Lord blessed him. That means the Lord's hand was upon him. You don't have to be perfect for the Lord's hand to be upon you. you just got to be used by God when God says it's time to be used. He was special from birth. Uh, special look, special strength. He came from a godly family, I'm sure. He was voted most likely to succeed when he graduated from high school. That was Samson. The guy really had it together, but then he blew it. He blew it big time. So what are the characteristics in Samson's life that we must avoid? Because see, this was written, the Bible says, that the things written aforetime, that's in the Old Testament, were written for our learning. There should be some principles we should get out of today's lesson. 
Let's look at three characteristics that are weak in your life. Number one, self-indulgence. That was Samson. Self-indulgence will weaken your life. See, everybody has their pet indulgences, right? Some of you are thinking, chocolate. We all have our pet indulgences. For Samson, it was women. He was a playboy. In three, three of the first chapters of his life, he's with three different women. Judges 14, 1. Samson went down to the town of Timnah. Timnah's about 50 miles toward the Mediterranean Sea. So that would be what? To the west of uh, Jerusalem. And he saw a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. You You parents... Have your boys, have your girls ever come to you and say, Oh, I want this, I want this so bad. Oh, mom, this is just, dad, this is, oh, this is, I, I really, really want this. Doesn't matter what it is. You just fill in the gap. And you and your head, husband and wife, you ever look at each other and go, No way. What are you thinking? I was 10 years old. I told you I wanted a BB gun. Bad, bad decision that I made and my parents allowed. I'm sure they must have talked. Should we really get, he really wants it. Oh, he, he's, he's promised to be good. He's promised to be a good boy. That all went out the window day one, right? And they knew better. <laughs> I blame my parents for all the trouble I got in with my BB gun. Well, <laughs> you know, Manoa and Mrs. Manoa know this ain't the right decision. And, and they even tried to talk him out of it. His father and mother replied, Isn't there any acceptable women among your relatives and among our people? Come on, our people? Come on, Samson, you know the rules. God doesn't want this. Look around. Surely there's someone you can find? Do you really have to go, watch this, to the Philistines to get a, a wife? And what does he call them? uncircumcised Philistines and all that that carries with it. Sexual perversion, Satanism, idol worship, ungodliness of all kinds. You're going into that camp over there to the people that are suppressing God's people for a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She is right for me. Three times in three verses, Samson says, me, me, me. Who was Samson all about? Himself. Self-indulgence. Now, he's going to find out otherwise. But that's just the way Samson lived his life. It was all about Samson. It didn't matter to him that God said, don't marry an unbeliever. Just Nothing good could come out of that for the most part. Weak, a weak person's excuse for self-indulgence. See it here on the screen? Just this once. It's such a small thing. All right. You planned a vacation. You're going to Hong Kong on a cruise liner. China! Man, never been 
to the Far East. It's going to be great. And just before boarding, the captain comes on and says, "Uh, I'm required to make this announcement. There is a small leak on the ship. You going to get on that ship? Not me. Slow boat to China? Small leak? Here's what I know about small leaks. Small leaks can sink big ships. It's those small little leaks in our lives, given enough time, that end up what? Sinking us. Samson did some things right. Samson was used by God to weaken the Philistines. Don't get me wrong. But those little self-indulgences over a long period of time really did him in. Here's the lesson. Strong people discipline their desires. Strong people discipline their desires. Samson never did. No self-control in this area of his life. Number two, the second characteristic that will weaken your life is bitterness. Bitterness will weaken your life. Samson lived in a constant state of anger and resentment. He was always hacked off about something, and he was always resenting other people, but he never stopped to think about his self-indulgence and his own choices causing him to be frustrated, hacked off, and resentful and angry. You know what? He killed 30 men just for their clothes one time. He made a bad bet. He bet some men in a little bit of a riddle that they could not figure out the riddle within a week's time. And guess who did him in? His first wife. She told the man after he told her. He confided in her after she begged and begged and begged and begged. And then she tells them. And rather than paying up like he should, he goes to Timnah. Not Timnah. He goes to Ashkeron, I believe the text says. Yeah. 14.9. He went down to Ashkelon struck down 30 of their men. Ashkelon is a coastal town. Maybe you thought, you know, rich people live on the coast, you know, that ocean view. I'll take their suits. Struck them down, stripped them of their belongings, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, there's that anger side of him, he went up to his father's house. I wonder if mom and dad said, told you so, told you so. And that probably just hacked him off more, so they probably didn't. And on another occasion, he burned a vast amount of crops. Judges 15, 3 and 7 says, Samson said, This time I have the right to get even with the Philistines. Since you acted like this, I won't stop until I get whose revenge? My revenge. This isn't a God thing. Don't read this as a God thing. Well, I thought God wanted to weaken the Philistines. He did. But God had a whole other plan. This wasn't the plan. This is my revenge. What's the Lord say? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So you know this can't be God's will, right? This is all about me. This is all about my. This is all about Samson. His self-indulgence. His bitterness. His anger. His resentment. I'm going to get even with these Philistines. Since you acted like this, I won't stop until I get my revenge on you, and then Judges 15, 4 and following say, So he went out and he caught 300 foxes and tied them tail to tail in pairs. You picture that? I think I got a picture. No, maybe I don't. Go back up one. Yeah, look at that picture. 
Look at that picture. That was very ingenious, very creative, right? That's pretty cool. You light those on fire, those guys will take off across the field, and those crops are going to burn up in no time, right? But what a waste of creativity. What a waste of a good idea. I think God could have put those grains and grapes and fields to a whole lot better use of feeding God's people. I think God had a whole other plan, don't you? Not Samson. I'm going to get my revenge. And so he got 300 foxes, tied them tail to tail in pairs. He then fastened a torch to every pair of tails, lit the torches, and let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burnt up the shocks and the standing grain together with the vineyards and the olive groves. Then, verse 11, 3,000 men from Judah went down to Samson. What are 3,000 men from Judah coming to one Danite for? Well, what we didn't read was the Philistines came to Judah. Who was Judah? One of the 12 tribes of Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, of which Joseph was a son. Joseph was sold into slavery into Egypt. Whose idea was that? If you go back and read the text, you'll find it was who? Judah. Hey, rather than just kill him in a pit, let's sell him and make some dough. Judah, now coming against another brother, Dan, the Danites. You see how this goes? Some things just never change. The Philistines threatened Judah. Judah says, don't worry, we'll get Samson, we'll bring him to you. And they said, don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? That wasn't God's plan. That wasn't the way life should be. What have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. Do you hear it? Me, 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 my, my, my. How many times does he use that? A weak, a weak person's excuse for revenge is what? They hurt me. You finish it. Well, they hurt me first. So? Yeah, I get that. Remember that old turn the other cheek thing? Hmm. A strong... Here's the lesson. Strong people restrain the reactions. Samson had an uncontrolled sex drive and uncontrolled anger. Even though the Bible teaches us to be angry and sin not, he was angry and sinned. When is anger sinful? When it becomes destructive. Years ago, as when I served as youth minister here, we um, played, I think, two, three major sports, volleyball, basketball, and softball, slow-pitch softball. And I had the younger team. My, my kids were primarily high school and college age. We had some pretty good teams. And I don't know if we lost the game or if one of the kids in the youth group just didn't do very well that night. I don't remember all the details, but I, what I do remember is after the game, this young man, I remember, he, he had his own bat. And he played for the high school team on the baseball team. So he thought he was something. And uh, he took his bat to his own vehicle. 
And one of the kids finally stopped him and he came to himself, but the damage was done. That's Samson. You know, Alexander the Great conquered the world by the time he was 30. But he had one major flaw. He had a hair-trigger temper. And one day in a fit of rage, he hauled off and struck his leading general. Now, this general was his best friend. But he was just so hacked off and so mad at whatever you know, the report was, he just hauled off and hit him and hit him so hard and hit him in just the right spot, it killed him. He didn't intend to kill his friend, but he did. And he says, I've conquered the world, but I cannot control my own soul. Strong people restrain their reactions. Alexander never did, and Samson never did. Number three, what will weaken your life? Carelessness. Carelessness can weaken your life. Samson's strength was a gift from God, but he was careless with it. You know, sometimes we're careless with the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given us. Have you ever seen somebody, maybe a ten-talent man or woman, multiple gifts from God and go, wow, that is amazing. I'm, I'm blessed by the talents that that person has. But they don't use it right. They're careless with it. They may flaunt it for personal gain. And just something sours. Samson was like that, careless with the gift of God. Judges 13.3, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to his parents, this is early on, and said, You're sterile, this is to the wife, and later to the husband, and childless, but you're going to conceive and have a son. Now, see to it that you, that's the mom, drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean because you'll conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite. I thought he was a Danite. He was. But a Nazarite vow meant that you drink no alcohol, you ate no unclean food, and you never had a haircut in your life. From birth, mom to the son, for life. That's a Nazarite vow. Set apart to God from birth. That word set apart is the word that we use for sanctified. What does the Apostle Paul say about the church? What does he say about Christians? We have been sanctified by Christ. What's that mean? You've been set apart. God has a plan for your life. He's got a gift that he's given you to be used in the service of the kingdom of God. And he, this is Samson, will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistine. He won't finish it, but he'll begin it. Are you seeing that? What was Samson's mission in life? To begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the wicked Philistines. They're coming back to God. Samson played a role in that. 
to bring the people back by taking out a large number of Philistines. Samson's strength, you need to understand though, was not in his hair. Listen to me here, this is important. His strength was not in his hair. His strength was in his commitment to that vow. Are you seeing this? His strength was in his commitment. His hair represented his commitment. But here was Samson's problem. He did not take his vow seriously, and he did not take his commitment to God seriously. Mm, Big lesson there for the church. Big lesson there for me. There's a big lesson there for you. We need to take our commitment to God seriously. If you've ever said, God, if you'll do this for me, I promise I will never, ever, ever. If you make a vow to God, you better keep your vow. You ever said, and the Bible, very, very strict on vows. When you took a vow in the Old Testament, it was a very, very serious matter. As a matter of fact, a wife could not make a vow to God without first consulting her husband. Very serious. God says, don't you break your vows. And, and we don't really break God's laws, do we? They end up breaking us. Samson learned this the hard way. The Delilah story. Samson and who? Delilah. Who was she? A Philistine woman who he loved. He's on his third woman here. By the time we get to Judges 16.4. Let's just uh, kind of read through this. The story kind of tells itself. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength. Why are they asking that question? Let me tell you what I think is going on here. I think Samson Samson looked like any other man. I don't think he had biceps and triceps on his, you know, one muscle on top of another. I think he looked very, very normal. And they said, Something, something's going on here that just doesn't add up. Can you figure out what the secret is? See, I always had this image because I watched television and I watched the movies of Samson. He was always this, you know, big hulk of a guy. I don't think he was after reading this. I think he just looked very normal and very average. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're very normal and you're very average, can God do supernatural things? You better believe he can. One time, he was so hacked off, he he took some Philistine gates of a city and pulled them out with the fence post and all, put both of them on his back, and then ran about 40 miles up a mountain with them and then put them there, said, take that. You don't do that in your own strength. City gates. Huge. Can stop battering rams. He carries both on his back up to over by Mount Hebron. Here we go. I'm getting off target here. See if you can lure him to showing you the secret to his great strength. We'll give you 10,000 shekels of silver. That's a whole bunch of money. What was Delilah in it for? Love or money? Money. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me the secret of your great strength. 
a man is never weaker than when a woman is telling him, oh, how strong you are. He's fallen for it. But Samson sort of plays a game with her, which he should not play. Verse 7, Samson answered her, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Ooh, guess what she's thinking? Ten thousand shekels of silver. I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. My retirement plan is all in set. Man, my 401k, I got health insurance till I die. It's great. Think about it. Anybody above 60 is worried about health insurance, aren't you? <laughs> it's a biggie. And so she's set for life in her mind. I got it, I got it, I got it. So she goes and tells the guys, the Philistines, I need seven brand new bowstrings. They provide, she puts him to sleep, and she ties him with them. And then says, honey, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. She set the whole deal up. And he wakes up out of a stupor and breaks those bowstrings like they were thread. Takes out the Philistines. Happy ending? Well, we're not done yet. Verses 10 and 11. Then Delilah said to Samson, You made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now. Tell me how you can be tied. Isn't the Samson guy sort of a fool? What should the next verse say? <laughs> You're getting on me for lying to you. Look what you... What if that would have been the truth? I'd be dead right now. There's no pushback here. I don't get this guy. Well, we're all different, I suppose. Samson had his strengths. Samson had his weaknesses. And so he says... All right, here, here you are, dear. If anyone ties me with new rope that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. Puts him to sleep. Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he breaks them like thread. Takes out a whole bunch more Philistines. 16, 13. If you weave seven braids of my head. Uh-oh. I'm starting to get worried here, guys. Think about this. He's getting closer, isn't he? He's not there yet. But you see how sin progressively takes you in a direction you don't want to go? He's weakening. Rather than strengthening his resolve... Rather than strengthening his commitment, rather than thinking about his purpose that God put him here for, he's headed the opposite way. Braids, that's hair, on his head, into the fabric, on a loom, and tighten it with a pin, all become as weak as any other man. Sure enough, he goes to sleep. Sure enough, she wakes him up. Sure enough, he kills more Philistines. And now here it comes. Judges 16, 15 to 20. Let's take a look. Then she said to him, How can you say, I love you, when you won't confide in me? Oh, that's it. 
Yeah, the third time. Three times I would be dead, now I'm going to confide in you? Love? Really? You made a fool of me. They were going to give me a thousand shekels of silver. My retirement plan was in place, and look what you've done to me. Who's the fool here? And haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him. How often? Day after day after day until he was tired to death. I'd rather be dead than hear this nagging. So he told her, oh, what's the next word? Oh, everything. Big mistake. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said. They didn't know about this Nazarite vow. Because I've been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. You've been sanctified, set apart by God since birth. God foreknows everyone who's going to be saved. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. I think she detects some truth in this one, don't you? I think she's thinking, mm, bingo, got it. I wouldn't fall asleep in her company the rest of my life. How about you? This dude is just off. Samson's missing something here. Love is blind, I guess. Where did I leave off? Let's go to this verse. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called him in to shave off the seven braids of his hair. Oh, when did his hair get braided? Remember the last time? So this is easy pickings, man. Snip, 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 snip. And she says, oh, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. That's one of the most tragic verses in the Bible. He did not know that his life had so weakened him to the point that God left him. I don't think anyone ever plans to be a failure, do you? I don't, I don't think people think, you know what, I think someday I'm going to become a drug addict. You know, someday I'd like to grow up and get married and have five or ten wives and ten failed marriages. No one plans that kind of stuff. No one says, I want to be a failure someday. But little by little, those little leaks get to you if we don't take God seriously. Here's the weak person's excuse for carelessness. It'd be different for me. Oh, I know that happens to other people. I know that happens to weak people. But it's not going to happen to me. It's going to be different for me. Here's the lesson. Strong people keep their commitments. You're only as strong as your commitments. 
Samson was only committed to himself. And I ask you this morning, what was the last commitment you gave up on? And you quit too soon. And you're regretting it today. Oh, there's hope. If there's anything we learn about Samson, there's hope. But you've got to see the tragic results first. No sense jumping to the good news until you understand how bad the bad news is. Judges 16.21, Then the Philistines seized him, gorged out his eyes. First thing they do to this man who God has left, his strength is no longer, is they blind him. He, for the rest of his life, he will have to feel his way through life. Or be guided by another. Could never take himself where he wants to go. Never see again. And they took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding in the prison. Work that was meant for livestock animals, oxen and the like. He's now doing that day in and day out. What are you going to do today, Samson? Uh, grind. What are you doing tomorrow? Grinding. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. Grinding, grinding, grinding. Samson, Samson's sin was binding and blinding and grinding. The champion of Israel's become a clown. How does a guy with so much potential end up such a tragic loser? Because he was weakened by selfishness and bitterness and carelessness. I suppose if you were to ask Samson, Samson, looking back on it, what were you thinking, man? How'd you think this thing was going to end up? He'd say, let my life be a lesson to each and every one of you. Sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go. I didn't want it to go this far, but it did. It will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and it will cost you a whole lot more than you ever wanted to pay. But God never gave up on Samson. Let's finish strong, all right? Let's finish with some good news. We need some good news here, don't we? This is a tragic story. I want to end on a high note. Judges 22, or 16:22. But the hair on his head began to grow again. His hair didn't represent his strength. I've already said that, right? It was his commitment. Samson, as his hair began to grow, began to do what? Recommit his life to God. Samson gave God his heart once again. And God gave Samson a second chance. Aren't you glad we serve a God of second chances? Samson's greatest victory was on the last day of his life. They took Samson into the pagan temple of Dagon, and everybody's there. All the dignitaries, you know, the, the king, the royalty, the, the cabinet, the generals, their wives, all the military leaders, all the people, the important people of Philistine, the Philistine army. They were there in one place at this temple, and they're mocking Samson. And wasn't it lucky, spelled G-O-D, that they chained Samson to two of the support pillars in that temple? The very two that held 
the beams that supported that whole structure. Don't you think God years earlier when the architect designed that thing had this in mind? Doesn't he know the future? And Samson being mocked, blinded, prays out to God. God, if you will strengthen me one more time, I want to take out these Philistines. What was his job? Weaken the Philistines. If he can take out the leadership, everything else is going to fall. And take me out with them. I want to come home. And the Holy Spirit filled him once again. And he's pulled, and those pillars came in, and he killed more in his death than in his entire lifetime, the text says. There's something comforting about the life of Samson. This dude, with all of his flaws, makes it into the faithful Hall of Fame. He makes it into Hebrews chapter 11. Samson is a hero. He's mentioned among the heroes. Not because of what he did. Here's the important part. But because of his faith. Never, ever, ever lose your faith. Here's the point. If God could use Samson, he can use you. Amen? Let's pray. What is it that's out of control in your life? It will eventually sink your ship. Given enough time, who are you bitter against? If you're harboring bitterness in your heart, ooh, big mistake. And chances are you're not hurting the other person. You're really hurting yourself. Remember the lessons on mercy? What are you committed to? Are you taking God seriously? If you've ever said, you know, Bruce, you don't understand. I've so messed up my life. I don't think God could ever use me again. Bruce, I'm such a mess, I don't think God could ever love me again. You know what I would say to you? You're wrong. That's why Samson's in the Bible. Dear God, help us to learn from the experiences of Samson so we don't have to repeat them. Help us to discipline our desires, restrain our reactions, and keep our commitments. In Jesus' name, amen.